0: Welcome to the Matt White Nutrition Podcast, where I talk to a load of different people in the health and fitness industry. They'll be giving us some really practical tips for you to take away and apply to your own health and fitness. This week, we'll be speaking with Ross Thornton, aka The Back Pain Coach. Ross is a sports therapist by trade and specifically works with men to combat their mindset around back pain and coach them through the reasons why their bodies are not broken. This is an awesome episode and it was just a really great conversation to have. I have no doubt that you will enjoy this one. Don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or whatever podcast app that you use. I'd also appreciate it if you shared it on Facebook and Instagram, especially your Instagram story and any other social media platforms that you use. It really would mean a lot to me and it will help me get this great information out there, allow the podcast to grow and help me reach more people. Thanks in advance, let's get into this week's episode. Ross, you're here.
1: Yes, I've had to dig up an old Instagram account, but it doesn't matter, we can chat, it's all good.
2: Yeah, all good.
1: I didn't leave you talking to yourself for too long.
2: Well, it's just one of those things, isn't it? you got you got to do what you can. It
1: is, it is. That's the the online world that we're living in right now. Oh, I know. We've got some of my old clients already ribbing us for our lack of hair.
2: The thing is, when... When I was going to do this with you, I thought, yeah, it's going to be like looking in the mirror. I think my face is a little bit rounder, though.
1: <laughs> I've got the Greek skin as well, so
2: yeah, they might be able to
1: tell us apart.
2: Yeah, well, I've sat right next to the next to the window, so I've got that natural light on me. There
1: you go. Unfortunately, the knowledge of nutrition and back pain doesn't stop your hair from falling out. That's the, that's the problem we have.
2: <laughs> no, mine was a Mine was a proper Britney Spears moment where I tried to cut it at the sides and it just went wrong and I was just like, no, it all ran.
1: I think um, a few people can relate to you, actually, uh, cutting uh, their hair at home. For me, yeah. I had one picture. I always promised myself that like, the moment it starts, it's gone. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to hang on. I'm not doing comb-overs. So that I saw one picture when I was on holiday small bald patch on the back or thinning patch and I was like right next day and I haven't had hair since and I wouldn't be really? back if you offered it to me.
2: Wow so I've I've tried to be, I've tried to keep it for as long as possible and I'm, thing is I'm tempted to go right back Will.
1: Nah you're pulling it off, if you, if you look like me Matt then you're winning right? <laughs> <laughs> the ego. <laughs>
2: yeah exactly. <laughs> so how have you been getting on today?
1: Yeah, not too bad. I've been um I've been out kind of walking around with my boy, taking him to the pond, um uh, doing a little bit of work in between, reading, um enjoying the lockdown basically as much as I can.
2: Oh nice. What about yeah. you? Um well this morning I've just been saying well, I've just been doing a bit of work, really. I haven't done much. So this has prompted me to get up and get changed. So.
1: That's, that's yeah. I think that's a normal quarantined uh, yeah. Routine for many people.
2: It's always difficult at the weekends because most of the time I just like sit in bed on my laptop and try and do a few bits and it gets to sort of twelve o'clock and I'm like, well, should probably get changed. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got a
1: two year old that wakes up <laughs> at five, yeah. five in the morning, so I don't get that privilege. But so that's right for put it in. <laughs>
2: yeah, sorry about that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you absolutely love it.
1: I do, I do, you know, it's uh, I'm a I'm a bit of an early bird anyway, so I'd rather mm. get up and uh, and get out of bed and,
2: and get yeah. There. yeah. yeah sure. What's his name?
1: His name's Ezekiel. Ezekiel? Yeah, we went weird. I'm an American football fan, so I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and um, mm. uh, I don't know how I got away with it but when we were discussing names I was like, Can we get away with Zeke? And uh, and the missus said yes and I just ran with it and fired. So, wow, there you go.
2: Definitely, it's very unique, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he'll spend the rest of his life resenting us for having to spell his name to every single person and correct us <laughs> <someone that> asks.
2: <laughs> right, so this, the way that I normally start these is I ask a really quick question about, yep. about your favourite food. So the way I word it is how if you were on a desert island and you had to have one meal, Like, if it was your last meal, or if it was your meal forever, what would it be? So my last meal would be
1: a roast dinner. Easy.
2: Yep. What what, all of all of the meats, or just beef? I'm
1: not picking one meat, Matt. If it's my last meal, I'm having the gammon, the turkey, (laughs) the pork, and the beef. Nice. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I like that. With a load load gravy as well. Oh, tons of gravy. The full full works. You know, we've all been to the carvery.
1: And like you're balancing it precariously as a mountain on a plate. Like mm. That's that's my jam. If I was to do that, it's the nostal it's the nostalgia of a roast dinner and like bringing family together on a Sunday. You, you've got the lot with a roast dinner.
2: Yeah, oh, that is a great shout. What's your <laughs> um, well, mine would probably be a pizza. Yeah, a massive pizza fan.
1: Should go It It is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I devoured last weekend uh, a large, hot and spicy, um, yeah, and I don't know if you're the same with pizza, I was like, I'm going to eat half now, and I'll have half tomorrow, but no, one sitting, polish it all <laughs>
2: off.
1: <laughs> I can't stop myself.
2: No, to be fair, I normally go in thinking, I'll probably eat the whole thing, and then, <laughs> I mean, I had one on my birthday a few weeks ago, and I only got halfway through, and there oh, was yeah. a no dominoes got halfway through and had to leave it a few hours. I was a bit disappointed in myself to be yeah, honest. Uh, you've got to step up your
1: game Matt. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Ross do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself maybe a bit of like your background yeah, and what you do?
1: Yeah so I'm a, I'm a sports therapist by trade that's what I went to uh, university to, to qualify as um, and then what that's done is that's taken me on this long journey away from a lot of the stuff I learned at uni to become like a movement, mobility uh, and a back pain expert. And so I've spent the last 10 years just honing in my trade and actually reducing down um, my speciality just so I can focus on helping one to one problem. That's all I want to do so I can become the expert in that one problem. I feel a lot of this industry is we try and help everyone and we try and uh, bring like all these tools under our belt so we can help a whole wide range of people. But instead of diluting myself thin, I've, I've gone all in with just solving one problem, and, and, and that's what I do. I help men with back pain. Oh, yeah,
2: that's I think the word in the industry is niche, isn't it? Yes,
1: yeah. yeah everyone <laughs> talks about the kind of like choosing your niche, and um, yes. and for me, it it, it makes sense because like although exercise you can like it doesn't matter whether you're male or female like those exercises um, same with nutrition like the tools work for everybody but mm. what I'm finding and what research is now showing is in order to be able to connect at a deeper level with clientele I need to know what they're going through I need to know kind of how their minds are working and I don't know I can't empathize with New mums and like people that don't think like I do, so I help people like like me because I feel like we can connect to a deeper level, and then I can influence them to actually move and start putting those tools to good use.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of those things that is really beneficial, isn't it? If you work with people like you, then you can. It's something that I'm trying to do a bit more now. Like if you work with people like yourself, that you could just be yourself rather than being centre yeah. of social media. Rather than worrying about what type of content you're posting, just be yourself and help people in that way. Yeah,
1: that's right. I think uh, again, it's so easy when you first go into business to just be desperate and like take everyone on. And I definitely fell into that trap where like, mm. like the elderly were coming in, don't worry, I can fix you. Like, and like the sports athletes were coming in, like don't worry, like we like we'll work together. And it was just exhausting coming up with all these different programs, these different like approaches, like learning different language styles. The moment I was just like, right, I'm actually just going to work with the people I want to work with. Like my happiness improved, my business improved because mm. I was able to um, execute better as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really cool. And you work specifically, like you say, with men, don't you?
1: Yep. So mm. I work with men because, uh, again, like us as men, and this isn't about. Um Like just segregating like people, but us as men we, we think differently to women it 's as simple as that we have different stresses, we have different problems in our lives, we think differently um, and it 's really important that I can hone in on one particular message to be alert as men we we stress over like financial worry, we stress over maybe being the the breadwinner and that stereotype that comes with being a man and maybe the stereotype that we can 't ourselves and express our feelings and, and be angry when we're angry and upset when we're upset. And it's just actually showing men that by holding in that emotion and feeling and avoiding our emotions and feelings, that that has a direct impact on your results, your back pain, your fitness, the way you eat. Um, everything like that. I'm sure you see in your clientele that that emotional eating kind of term. But if we mm. don't actually face up to our problems and our emotions and our feelings, how do you expect to stop those emotional actions? Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I
2: completely agree, and I, it's a it's a um it's something that I really like about your content is the way that you speak about things because. I think there's a, there's a lot at the moment going around about how men can, should really talk about a lot of their problems and things like that. But you're really emphasising that, aren't you? But you're also saying how men deal with it by being men as well. So Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. But also just, like I say, the impact of it on back pain. The problem is mm-hmm. we're, we're told what exercises to do. And we're like, OK, so go do these stretches, go do these exercises. But if we're still stressed and tense, and we're holding on to all of that, like stress that comes with being a man in in this modern life, then it doesn't matter what exercises you're doing, what rehab program you've tried, you you aren't going to be able to calm your central nervous system down, desensitize yourself to pain, and start moving forwards.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of
1: what I teach is about like us to stop lying. Like we let's say we've got financial problems. Um, it's easy to just not open your online banking account, like push those tasks to a side to not dealing with it. And we tend to move into that procur- that procrastination kind of state because it's easier to just avoid the problem. But that problem is going to come back with interest on. And so I teach my guys, look, we face up to any obstacle, we understand the emotions linked to that, and then we put in an action plan every single day to overcome those obstacles. And the moment we start to do those things by journaling, meditating, writing action plans, executing, and just sharing with other men in our community, you start to see the stresses going down because um, we're actually dealing with our problems rather than just running away from them.
2: Yeah. So... It's more sort of like it starts with a mindset and your your lifestyle and all the actions that you take day to day. Yep. And by looking after them, it helps with your back pain.
1: Yeah. And consistency as well. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've found you can write the best nutrition plan. You can spend hours writing up individualized nutrition plans for people and, that, and I was doing the same. I was writing rehab programs. I was um, doing manual therapy treatments. And I was sending them away with like hours of my hard work only to find out that they'd come back a few weeks later and they hadn't even done anything. They, they hadn't put the work in. They wanted to feel better. They wanted to reduce their pain, but they weren't doing the work necessary to in order to achieve that. So that grew me really, really frustrated, but not to the point where... Um, like, unfortunately, most therapists just deal with it and actually, like, okay, well, at least they're cl- their clients, they're paying. Like, hmm. We'll just keep getting them back in, and I'll keep lecturing them, and we'll keep laughing that they're not doing the homework. Like, I wasn't willing to stand for that any longer, and I, and I was willing to lose business. I was willing to lose clients to, in order to, like, give them the stark reality that um, if they don't do the work, then I can't be their coach. And um, and that was a massive revelation for me as well, and and helped my clients because they were becoming self reliant, um, but also helped me as well.
0: Yeah,
2: because the the planning stage of of change is is really really important. And if people, I think the key behind sort of, I'm not talk about behaviour change, but it's it's a similar thing. It's lifestyle change. It is really careful planning yeah. because if you plan in all these little things that will eventually help you out, then you're more likely to do them. And like you say, if you've got a community, if you've got a coach that's gonna keep you accountable, then all these things um are gonna help you out.
1: Yeah, it's also like the the importance of a community and a coach I find as well, because there's tons of information for free. Like you can you,
2: you can, can find it, you, you can, can find information, information everywhere on the internet, yeah. can't you? Anything you want to know, you can find it.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's so, so true. But that also highlights the point that information alone isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can give all my information for free, but I know full well that no one's going to implement it unless they've got a community and a coach around them. It's very similar to if you were to climb Everest. Like first thing you'd do, you'd, you'd plan the route, right? And unfortunately, when we start a nutrition plan or a rehab program or any fitness program, most people don't even plan. They just go diving head in. They try and take the first steps. But what's important, like I say, if you're about to climb Everest is you you choose your route. You un- you've got to understand where you're going to go. You've got to understand what obstacles are going to be there, where are the cliff edges, and either avoid those cliff edges or have a plan to be able to overcome them, right? The same thing with no. nutrition, rehab, fitness. But also, like, the same metaphor. Like, climbing Everest is a lot easier with a Sherpa, so a coach like you, like, who can be like, Look, I've trod the path, I've been there, I've done this journey, I've been there, I can help you. Don't go that way because that way is tough, it's horrible, and you're going to fall off that cliff edge. Like, come this way because I know this is the brute. And mm-hmm. then I also talk about how isn't it going to be easier to have your Sherpa and a team of other people like you who challenge you? who don't just like nod their heads and say yes, but they actually will challenge you when you're when you're drifting off course and they'll pull you up when you need extra help, but they'll also support you and celebrate your wins with you as well. Like that's going to help you get up Everest. That's going to help you achieve all, any goal that you've got
2: as well. Absolutely. I I love that analogy. Mm. You can that one. I'll let you have it. <laughs> I'll, change, I'll change a few words, but then you might say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I stole
1: it off someone as well. Like, that's a <laughs> <Really>? coaching,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I really like that, though. Because it that really helps people understand the importance of it, of having someone there.
1: Mm. Yeah. Because we can all go in, like, being, like, wanting to do it alone. And like save a bit of money and scrimp a bit here, like I okay, go because you can get information, you can log your calories in my Fitness Pal for free. Like yes, you can do all those free tools, but if you keep trying the free things and keep falling off, you've got to understand that that investment into having a coach and a community is actually an investment in saving you time and saving you money and saving you failures and saving you pain. Um, so in the long run, that investment that you make at the start when you're in the planning stages of making that journey, it's going to go a long, long way to your success.
2: Yeah, great. Absolutely. I completely agree. Mm. So what are some of the more common things that you hear people say that you kind of don't agree with? What are, I don't want to say myths. What are, some, what are some really common things that you hear people say that you would approach differently? So...
1: The biggest myth in rehab is that your, or, and back pain especially, is that your your body's broken and your your back pain is because of the herniated discs or the degenerative disc disease or whatever your MRI showed you. Um, that's they're, they're starting to prove now, and this has completely changed in the last decade or so because this is all I learned at university was to actually one of my university friends is watching right now chris and so he'll understand he um the complete myth is that it's damaged tissues that's causing your pain so we go in and we we fear that we've damaged ourselves but like any tissue your back pain heals are over a few weeks a few months or like a a, a month or so six weeks six to eight weeks maximum but if you're feeling pain months and months years and years down the line it's not down to the tissue damage anymore it's down to your your central nervous system just being too sensitive to pain so instead of going in and being like oh i can't do that i've got a herniated disc um, and, and avoiding tasks and avoiding activity, we should be going the other route and actually starting from scratch, starting with small movements and just building up but not letting fear stop us from moving. And it, like the best advice I can give to anyone is 99% of the time, okay, unless you've got cancer in your spine or any disease in your spine, which an MRI would have shown up, movement and exercise isn't going to cause you more damage. Hmm. So the best thing you can do is get out and get moving. The worst thing you can do is have that fear and anxiety over movement and being like, I can't pick my child up. It will hurt my back. I can't like take that walk. It's going to damage my back more. I can't lift that box. It's going to damage my back more. What's going to damage your back more is avoiding those tasks because you're going to grow weaker and weaker and weaker and more deconditioned. So then when you do finally have to grab your kid out of the road because they ran into the road your body's not going to be up to that task so you've got to prepare your body for those everyday um situations
2: yeah and it does become more difficult doesn't it mentally because if you just get deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole not yeah that, into the rabbit hole of thinking i can't do things so you start believing that you can't do it exactly that exactly and the that. fact that you're not doing it is stopping you from
0: progressing isn't it and getting better
1: yeah, we've got, to, we've got to use it or lose it type of body and we're, we're constantly building like our nervous system, our neurons to improve skills and improve tasks. Just like when you start um, um, playing a musical instrument, if you see an expert, their fingers on a guitar move beautifully. They're not even thinking about it, but that's mm. took practice. They didn't just pick up a guitar and could do that. But we've got to build that motor neuron pathway so it becomes natural. Movement's exactly the same with back pain. If you don't move, if you don't practice that instrument, then that movement's going to be very difficult. You're going to feel stiff. You're going to feel like you're not doing very well. But it's a cue to keep practicing it. And the more you keep practicing, same as the more you swing a golf club, the more you swing a tennis racket, the more you do anything, you're building up these neural pathways which make the movement easier, which will then overcome your back pain because your brain won't have this fight or flight sensitivity to any movement that
2: you've been avoiding. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I think it was about two years ago, two, no, yeah, two or three years ago, I actually had to go to physio because um, my back with, lower back was knackered. It was just, I can't even remember what it was that was wrong, but I couldn't get out of bed, basically. And I had to go to physio and what they were saying exactly what you were saying. In that you need to move it, whereas, and I, even me, knowing like I, I thought that was quite difficult to do, and just to get over that mental hurdle of, I actually need to yeah. not put myself through pain, but I kind of need to, realise that, it will help me in the long run because mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people, will struggle with. I don't want to talk for other people that have back pain. That's um, no, Yes, but. Because they don't want to, I think people don't want to put themselves in an uncomfortable situation, but I think you will probably tell people is that the short term, the short term of things hurting is going to help you in the long term.
1: That's it. And just like I said, that short term pain from starting a new movement, from walking a bit further, from Mm. sitting to standing more, like practicing like kind of some squats and forward bends, like there's going to be some short term pain like that's going to happen but pain's just data pain is just pain isn't damage and we've got to get out of this headspace pain doesn't mean you're damaging your back more but pain's just data to say look you're at your limits right now scale it back a little bit and that's absolutely fine but we've got to not fear that initial amount of pain because your body and your brain your brain's so powerful in all of this it's just guarded it's protecting you but the more it guards the more tense it is the more stiffness you're going to get, the more fear you're going to get from movement. It's about breaking that cycle and just trusting the process and just even starting small and you're going to get setbacks. Like setbacks are good. Like failure is good because it shows you that you are willing to push to your level. You've got data, you've got information. Now don't just keep going back to the same task, but use that information to scale it back a little bit and then progress again. Not to be like, well, I'm in pain. That means I need to stop doing that completely.
2: That's not what pain's about. Hmm, exactly, and failure is is just one of those things, isn't it? Where it's an opportunity to learn. Without yeah. sounds trying too motivational. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. We Because I, I hate thinking. Oh, I don't want to be a motivational quote, but sometimes things just come out.
1: <laughs> that's it. When it when the time's right, you've got to unleash those
2: those things. Yeah, exactly. Failure is an opportunity
1: to learn. Yeah, 100%. It's the same with back pain. It's the same with um, nutrition, isn't it? Like, you're going to mm-hmm. fail. You're When you're trying something new and it's fresh and your brain's not used to it, you're going to blow up. You're going to have yeah. a binge at the weekend. But instead of binging, and, and I'm sure you agree, and correct me if I'm wrong, instead of binging and then just being like, what's the point? I'm not cut out for this that's a bit like a toddler who falls over when they they're walking and they say, nah, walking's not for me. Like no, a toddler gets up and they go and walk again and they get gradually better, but you've got to understand like when you have blown up and you've had a binge and you've raided all of your cupboards, you've got to ask yourself just good questions and actually be like, okay, why did that happen? Was I like restricting myself too much? Was I putting too much pressure on myself? Am I stressed? Am I not um, relaxing enough? Like, is there something going on at work? Is there something going on in the family? And then go and solve those stresses that are causing you to blow up and binge.
2: Yeah, exactly. All the other things that could be causing that um, emotional response. And also, if it does happen, I think what a lot of people do is they beat themselves up for it, Mm. rather than being compassionate and just saying, if I do this, it's fine. What of it? Oh, well, yeah. let's move on. Tomorrow's a new day, or today's a new day. Just, exactly. And go you know, like the next meal well, is good one. Exactly. I like what you said about the um, the toddler, and the one that I use with that is if you drop your phone on the floor, you wouldn't just stand there and stamp on it and think, oh, well, <laughs> you'd, you'd pick it back up. Yeah, you know? bring, pick it back up. Yeah. You move yeah. on.
1: And then learn from the situation, be like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna run with my phone in a pocket without a zip anymore. Like, because yeah. you've got a lot uh, of right?
2: so, shorts. And your yeah. find out uh, and you got like those short pockets.
1: Yeah, that's it. But guess what? You learn from that situation because it was painful to see that crack on your screen. The, same, the same as when you fail in your nutrition. Like, it's it's <laughs> a success from failing if you take a lesson out of it. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So shall we move on to your, so what are your three top tips for people that you, for people that have back pain at the moment and maybe they want to improve it, improve it? So my
1: top tips are to, my three top tips are to simplify everything. There's too much of the don't do this exercise, do this exercise. Okay. And then, But that's actually causing a negative response. So my three top tips are move. Simple as that. Walk. 10,000 steps a day. Go get them in. Okay? And like, if you can't do like long stints of walking because your back pain is so bad, do 101-minute walks in your day. Then it's going to add up. And like, so if your back pain starts to hurt after two minutes, do a minute and a half walk and then rest. And then do another minute and a half walk until you're able to build it up. But walk, move, move get those 10,000 steps in a day. We're starting to move like away now. Science and research is, is starting to move away from this perfect posture that we have to be in all the time, you know, shoulders back, chin retracted, core tense. Like, we're starting to move away from all of that now. Uh, even like poor posture sitting at your desk, Like they're starting to discredit that that's got any link to, to back pain and neck pain. But right. what they're saying is there is no such thing as good posture, poor posture. The only poor posture is the one that you're sitting in for longer than five minutes. So for those Mm -hmm. of us that are working from home right now, I don't care if you're slumped and you've got this this neck that everyone's like kind of ragging on. That doesn't matter. Sit in that position if it's comfortable. But every five minutes, change it. So move into a new posture. Kneel down. Sit on the floor. Like sit on your leg up here. Like like have your arm up in the air. Do whatever you need to but just move, like move your neck more, like just move your back more, move your shoulders more, do whatever you need to, but move. So that's my top tip there. So you've got to just keep moving. We're cavemen still. We haven't adapted to this laptop lifestyle, but we're designed to run, throw, walk, hunt, okay? And all of that counts is like the cavemen weren't like making sure their shoulder blade was perfectly retracted, core was tight as they're throwing javelins. They were just moving, and, um, and there was less counter back pain back then, I imagine, <laughs> than there is right now. And it, it's simply because, okay. it, as humans, we don't move enough, okay? So, move all the time, just constantly fidgeting, anything like that, and that's going to help your biology to beating your back pain. The second thing is good quality sleep, okay? Now, this comes down to getting seven to eight hours of sleep in a night, okay? And I know that's tough for people with young kids, but doing your best to get good quality sleep in. Like You are still, even if you've got kids waking you up through the night, you're still in control of some factors, reducing some TV time and your mobile phone time before bed. Um, All of those kind of things, uh, going to bed at a sensible time, focus on what you're in control of, but improve your sleep. That is where your body recovers. That is where your body rests. That's where your muscles grow. That is where you're going to be able to wake up fresher and be able to tackle a winning day the next day. Okay, and then the third thing is breathing. Okay, it's crazy that I have to teach people how to breathe, but this is this is where we're at right now. We again, stress in our life has us in this constant fight or flight mode. Again, we go back to that caveman um, philosophy of fight or flight, and it was great in the short term to stop a saber tooth tiger eating us. But like your stresses in the modern world aren't going to kill you. Okay, so we don't need this fight or flight response that's there to help us survive in, in these situations uh, for the long term. So we must be able to regulate our breathing to reduce that fight or flight, to reduce the cortisol levels, to reduce the adrenaline in your body, which has been proven to contribute to back pain. So breath work. Uh, a good example I'd say to look up is a guy called Wim Hof. I don't know if you've heard of him, Matt. He's the Iceman. He's
2: basically... Mm. Uh, The name sounds familiar, but I...
1: He has a breathing technique which which brings oxygen into the body, which has a healing response. And then uh, you hold your breath at the end of a um, a two-minute deep breath cycle, which then raises your CO2 levels, which just gets your body used to and your brain used to like higher CO2 levels, which actually then combats back pain as well. So I r- highly recommend looking at Wim Hof breathing methods, and, but also just sitting in silence and focusing on a um, four-second breath in and then an eight-second breath out. If you could do that for 10 minutes, then back pain will reduce straight away. Not foam rolling like a maniac, stretching mm. like crazy. Just sit and breathe, and that's going to have more of an impact than than doing all of those things put together.
2: That's really interesting because that's like that is the most common thing that people do, isn't it? Or they think that they just need to stretch all the time. What I like, yes. say, the amount of foam rolling I like I used to do, and mm. like see people doing gyms and things like that, it's, it's unreal.
1: It is, but we're finding that um, people that are foam rolling like crazy. Like they're getting a short-term response, it's similar to if I was to pay for a massage. I feel good for a little bit, but if I'm still tense and stressed, and like because I'm so tense, I'm chest breathing, like really shallow little breaths, and raising my fight or flight uh, response in my brain, then I'll miss one day of foam rolling, and my body's going to be in the same position as it was months ago because mm. it's not—it's not doing enough to desensitize our pain unless you're ready to reduce the stress in your life.
2: Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot more people leaning towards the whole meditation and mindfulness um, yep. in that area now, isn't there?
1: Yep, and and they should be. It's, yeah. It should be a daily practice. It's, it's easy to say you haven't got the time to meditate, or if you've tried meditation before, or you think it's like only for hippies. I'm telling you now, like taking the time to meditate. Again, is a practice. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be like Buddhist monks the first time we meditate, and our brains are going like crazy. Um, but it's a practice, exactly the same as that, um, that a tennis player. So let's say Andy Murray picked up his racket. He wasn't ready for the Wimbledon final the first time he picked up a tennis racket. He, he was rubbish at tennis. But because he enjoyed it and he enjoyed the response, he practiced every single day until he was ready to win the Wimbledon final. The same for our meditation can't expect to meditate the first time and win competitions, okay? You're gonna be rubbish at it, but you must just stay in the zone and just make sure it's a daily practice, even if you're only doing it for 30 seconds when you first start out. And then the next day, like, because you enjoyed it, you're gonna do a minute, and then next week, you're gonna up it to two minutes. And soon, because you're tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is, again, going to reduce pain in your body, reduce tension in your body, you are going to feel benefits of more focus throughout your day. You're going to be more productive. So the time that you take to meditate in the morning will be made up across your day because you're not going to be making decisions out of stress. You're not going to be procrastinating out of stress. You're actually going to be more focused and more productive that way.
2: So it's Mm. worth giving up that time. Yeah. I, I don't do it personally at the moment, but you have kind of, inspired me to give it a go again because so I'm sure I tried it sort of like five years ago but like you say did it wrong and I'm sure a lot of people out there have tried it and gone yeah. doesn't work yeah it's not for me I, for, I, like, I think too yeah. much and, and
1: ultimately that way of thinking is going to stress you out more because you're sitting silent, yeah. your brain's just going like crazy you're thinking about your second cousin 's wedding, like three years ago, like your brain just takes you to these
2: wild places right and then we 're like, no, I should be Zen, I should be clearing
1: my brain and it doesn't work that way, and it's just a case of understanding that like your brain is going to go crazy at first, but you learn the skill to be able to quieten everything down. And the moment you start to quiet everything down, that's where your creative voice can start to come through, mm-hmm. and you can start having your best ideas whilst you're meditating rather than like it just being cluttered with all all this noise that's going on in your brain. Yeah, that oh,
2: yeah. is so true, though, isn't it? I think, even when you're, I think, often when you're doing nothing and your mind is free let's say so a good example is in the shower a lot of people are just like chilled out not thinking of anything and that's when the best ideas come to them exactly. because you're just completely free exactly
1: like being in the shower is like a form of meditation yeah. like walking the dog is like a form of meditation. Unfortunately, we live most of our lives avoiding our own thoughts and we're scrolling through our screens and we're, mm. we're watching TV or we're trying to listen to loud music. We're, we're finding ways to distract us from our own thoughts. Now, we've got to look into why we're doing that and why we want to binge on Netflix and why we want to scroll on social media all day and why we're actually avoiding our own thoughts. And it's because often, like, they're scary, okay? But a lot of men aren't willing to face up to that. But that is the first point of any change, is to, and I always say, you need to stop lying. And, um, and people are like, what do you mean, stop lying? I mean, like, you're lying to yourself. You're telling yourself that, like, everything's good, everything's fine. Like, someone asks you, how's the family? Yeah, it's fine. How's work? Fine. Like, you tell everyone you're fine. <laughs> that's That's lying, okay? But we've been like groomed by society to lie. But unfortunately, when we lie, we avoid our truth, we avoid our facts, and that stops us from making those first steps into making positive changes in our life. So the Mm. first thing I do with my clients is to tell them to stop lying. We figure out the facts of exactly where they are. Okay, like a GPS, we type in the starting destination, like where you are, all the feelings and emotions that come from that, like why are you disappointed with where you are right now? And actually sharing that response and then find out where we want to go, and then it's about filling that gap. But without finding out those two destination points, you're lost, you're drifting, you're coasting, you're literally just letting the, the current of the the tides just drift your boat and you're praying that you get to your final destination. It, it doesn't work that way.
2: No, that's wicked. That's a really great way of putting it, and you obviously get some really good results as well, I've seen as well, so... Where can people find you if they want to learn more about this, if they want to get into contact with you a bit more?
1: So the best place is actually uh, on my Insta, not this one, but uh, back.pain.coach. Um, reach out to me on a DM there. I've actually gone through a one-year testing period for uh, for my online program, got brilliant results, learnt loads, again, failed hundreds of times with it, and now just Pinpointing all the details and ready to launch a 2.0 version um, Mm. back into the space. So uh, look on my Insta, reach out. I'm going to be doing some free training on there as well. So um, click on the link in my bio. And then if you enjoy the way I talk, if you like some tough love, if you like guidance, then you can drop your DM and I can send you some of the information to join my course.
2: Nice one. Yeah, it's been awesome chatting to you, mate. It's been really um, inspiring, I should say. I really like the way you put things across. So.
1: Good. I'm glad you think so. And um, because that that's ultimately what I'm here to do. I'm not here to save anyone. I'm not here to fix anyone. I'm here to inspire you to make the steps because that's the only way that you're going to improve your nutrition. That's the only way that you're going to improve your back pain is by like taking control and actually making those steps yourself. Yeah.
2: Completely agree. All right, mate. Well, enjoy the rest
1: of your day. Thank you very much. I've got a two-year-old to entertain again.
0: I'm was <laughs>
2: sure with I'm
1: sure it's more peaceful than mine.
2: <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> See you nice soon, one, Thanks for having me. See you soon. Bye. Okay.
0: That concludes this week's episode. As I mentioned at the start, it would be a massive help if you leave a rating or review on the podcast. It would be great if you could share this episode with anyone that has had or still has back pain and of course anyone that is into health, fitness and even mindset. Please share it on Facebook, Instagram and any other social media platforms as it will help the podcast grow and allow me to reach more people. Thank you again for listening. For more information from either myself or from Ross, all the information is in the description of the podcast. See you in the next one.